0: Turn up your radio. It's time for DeLorean Talk with your host, Dave Tavers. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of DeLorean Talk. This is Dave Tavers, VIN 10515. Uh, doing the show now from a new location i i recently moved from southern california to las vegas nevada i know there's a las vegas new mexico but uh most people don't know that so i'm, I'm still saying las vegas so far other than being over 100 degrees every day that i've been here i don't really notice it because air conditioning i'm looking forward to getting the car out in the evening car shows here in vegas also uh don't forget Delorean Weekend Las Vegas. So if you haven't been or you've thought about it, be sure to go check out deloreanweekend.com. It's not a paid ad, but I have been for the last 3 years as an owner and it is such a fun, relaxed event over the, you know, 3 or 4 days. I love DCS as well, but Delorean Weekend is is a different type of experience because it really is just hanging out, talking to people that fly in from around the country and you know the barbecue and potluck on the back their back patio doing a couple of local events it's a lot of fun again i i'm not an organizer i'm they're not paying me i just really love Delorean Weekend Las Vegas and it's a good excuse for people who want to come to Vegas come and you know check it out and if you're going to stay an extra day or two and gamble or see some shows awesome so uh if anybody out there does come to Las Vegas whether it's for Delorean Weekend or something else Track me down. I'm all over the web. I would love to come and meet you, whether it's for just meeting up for a soda or uh, whatever. And let me know if I should drive the Delorean or not. It'd be great to meet. I always love meeting other Delorean owners. So, so let me know if you're coming to Vegas. A couple of people have, over the last year or so have said, Dave, why are you not promoting your other businesses? And I really don't want Delorean talk to be a paid advertisement thing. This is purely for fun. But I will say that my my main job is my own business, and it's uh, it's called Mouse Mingle. It's a, the dating site for Disney, Star Wars, Pixar, and Marvel fans. So even if you're married, there's a good chance you know somebody that loves Disney or Pixar or Marvel or Star Wars. Tell them to check out Mouse Mingle if they're single and they want to date somebody that loves the same things they do. So that's the end of my, uh, my unpaid advertisement for, <laughs> for my own business but I figure hey there's a there's enough people out there that that like those things. Well, on with the show. I'm excited today to have Christian Dietrich from Bunker Hill, West Virginia joining me on the call. Hey Christian.
1: Hey Dave, how you doing, man?
0: Great. Thanks for calling and taking the time to do a to do an episode.
1: Oh, I'm glad to be here.
0: So we have like most people, I don't know you other than the few seconds that we talked uh before I started recording. And uh, found out, made sure I got your pronunciation of your name right and and what your location was. Uh, I found out that your VIN is eleven zero thirty five. So like me, you're in a you're one of the five digit VIN people. I'm ten five one five. Oh yeah. Yours is is later at is I don't know is eleven thousand and eighty two or eighty three. It's
1: a January eighty two build car.
0: Got it. And I'm a December eighty one build uh, for my eighty two model year.
1: I think some of the parts from my car are actually from a late 81. I noticed in the, my restoration, I saw little stamp marks on the inside of my rear fascia that said December 81, but by the then, it was built by in January.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, you know, well, we all know how how that production went. It was kind of just sticking together. If they didn't have to change the model years, they probably wouldn't have, but cars don't sell if they're if they're three or five or ten years old. That's true. You, how long have you owned your DeLorean?
1: The fourteenth uh, of this month uh, was my fifteenth anniversary with the car.
0: Wow, fifteen years! That's that's one of the longer ownership lengths on the ep- on the show. Fifteen years. Oh, I didn't brilliant. know that. I I think a lot of people that I've ended up talking to have you know been five maybe ten years. Uh, Arnie Brandon, uh, you know, he bought his in eighty one, and I'm trying to think who else. There's just been a couple other. You know, long time owners, but fifteen years—that's pretty good.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, it's hard to believe it's been that long already.
0: Nice. Did you do anything on the anniversary?
1: No, other than I went to work and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I drove the car to work. It was pretty much where it was like my tr- me driving the car to work was like the day the car arrived. It was just totally trashed and dead, and here it is now. I'm driving it to work as a daily driver.
0: Oh, it's your daily driver. Wow, nice.
1: It's one of them. <laughs>
0: So, so when you got it, it was uh, it was just a wreck. I mean, you had to put it all back together. It was
1: uh, abandoned in Malibu, California. The previous owner, I am the fourth owner of the car. The previous owner of the car was like uh, actor in Hollywood. His name was Ed Horse, and um, from what I looked up, he played in a movie called The Wild Bunch or The Wild Boys with Mickey Rooney. Oh, jeez, and he. And he had died in the early 90s. And his family didn't know what to do with this car or his other cars that he had. So it sat for over a decade till I heard about it from my Snap-on tool man when I used to be a Chevrolet mechanic back when I lived in Maryland.
0: You heard from your Snap-on guy while you were in Maryland about a car abandoned in Malibu, California? Yes,
1: my uh, Snap-on tool man's wife um his friends with the family that lived out there
2: uh-huh.
1: my tool man and his daughter liked to build all kinds of different cars they built like a like a mercure and a, a few other things and uh so he's like oh yeah here's a list of all the cars and one of them said 82 Delorean and he goes you know I got a guy on my tool route that loves these cars and might be interested in it so he gave me the phone numbers I contacted the people out in california and um, they actually sent me old fax pictures of what the car looked like and it just been sitting there for over a decade with still wearing its faded blue california license plates
0: they sent you the pictures and were you were you ready to buy at that point had you thought about a delorean prior or how did that story go well it
1: was a Kind of like, I better do it now or never. I was 27 years old. I was in the process of finishing up a restoration of my 83, 15th anniversary Hearst Olds, because I like old 80s uh, style G-Body Oldsmobiles. And I was like, you know, I got, I'm tired of putting the money into these cars. I need to find my DeLorean now before I'm not going to be able to afford it, or they're going to be too expensive. I need to build what I want to build right now. Yeah. So I was always looking but never could find one, but
0: 11035 kind of found me. That is pretty crazy, going that distance.
1: I asked a lot of questions to the people, and they said,
0: all you probably should need is
1: some fresh gas, a new battery, and (laughs) I was asking questions like, you know, how are the louvers, how's the interior, oh, everything's fine, it's got a dash cover, it hadn't been sitting all that long. At the time, I didn't know it had been sitting for over 10 years. (laughs) I was told it wasn't sitting that long, so that's funny. When I got the car, the dashboard was barbecued, cracking. The leather steering wheel was falling apart. The seats I could put my finger through the leather. Uh, all four tires were flat. <laughs> the S-liner was all falling off the car. Yeah, the the gray paint was running down the black of the fascia. And, and I was originally going to pay like sixteen thousand for the car. I was under the assumption. Yeah, it wouldn't need much. But right, it needed a lot, so I got it at a much lower price at eleven
0: five. Oh, nice. Well, in fifteen years ago, sixteen grand for a DeLorean was a good price fifteen years ago, but not oh, yeah. yeah, not in that condition though. Today, you know, that's everybody would love to get an eleven thousand dollar DeLorean in any condition.
1: Oh, I know, but now it's few and far between, or somebody that just wants to hurry up and get rid of it.
0: Yeah. So that's awesome. Now you're a mechanic, so that and you were a mechanic back then, so that also makes a huge difference in the cost of restoring and maintaining the car.
1: Oh yeah, that pretty much the car defined my career because I wanted to be a, a train engineer. I wanted to drive locomotives across country because model railroading and railroad is like in my blood. So awesome. I wanted to do that. But living on my own as a and when I was eighteen years old after my parents divorced and knowing about the DeLorean from when I was twelve, knowing that it was actually a real car, it just I turned my focus to being a mechanic because I was like, Well, if I'm ever gonna get one of these cars. I wanna learn how to work on it myself. So I started washing cars at a car dealership and just kinda worked my way up to know how to fix a car. So when I bought it, I knew what to do, and I didn't have to seek that much help.
0: So how old were you when you bought the car?
1: I was 27.
0: 27. And you had already been a mechanic for a little while at that point? Since 96. Okay, so how many years was that?
1: Uh, 96 to 2004 when I when I purchased
0: it. Okay, so you definitely, you weren't a brand new mechanic. You'd been around enough. That's awesome. Yeah. So. So you find this uh, destroyed Delorean, and any Delorean that sits for 10 years, forget it. You got to do a, a engine recovery basically on that. It, they probably left fuel in it and oil in it, and uh, I'm sure you had to just replace everything. Did you? You didn't pull the engine out, did you?
1: No, no. It, and you're right. It did it, 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 it had a full tank of gas.
0: <laughs> did you drop the tank out of the bottom, or just siphon it out?
1: I siphoned it out, then I uh removed the inspection plate, dropped it out and, and just did the original fuel system, how the fuel pump sits in that uh black rubber boot, well, from being sitting submerged in gasoline for all the years, the rubber solidified and turned into a liquid and dripped into the tank. Sure. And turned into cement at the bottom of the plastic gas tank. So Wow. I I had to fill up the bottom of the gas tank with like fresh gas and use a uh Fackle scraper to scrape the bottom of the tank to get all the frozen stuff off the bottom of it. Wow. And the smell was horrendous.
0: <laughs> yeah, that rubber and plastic combined with gas uh, is not a good mixture for our noses.
1: No, plus working in a small
0: dealership
1: and having other mechanics work around, you get ticked off every day they come in and they just smell this nasty gas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I had Toby Peterson on the show, he had told me the story years before about uh an engine that had overheated and when he when he cracked it open the oil smelled like a, a some kind of a natural disaster or something to the point that the neighbors didn't know what it was and everybody called the gas company who came out so you know it it permeated the whole his whole business block and everybody didn't know what it was so i can imagine what gasoline and rubber smells like as well
1: no it was bad it was really bad
0: so you, re- you use the original tank. You got it all cleaned out, put back in. Do you remember what else you had to do to the car uh, to get it get it up and running again?
1: Well, at that point, um, I had replaced everything. The boot, all the fuel lines, pump, everything. I uh, replaced all the original fuel system, distributor, warm-up regulator, and everything just to get it drivable and that was in 2009. I actually drove it through the summer of 2009, put like 5,000 miles on it. And it was, you know, I at that time, I ripped the headliner out. It was still, it was a hoopty, but I was happy.
2: <laughs> right. The, You're the, driving
1: the, a DeLorean.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, only the driver's window. The driver's window was stuck down. The passenger window was stuck up. The <laughs> air conditioning wouldn't work. I probably used to lose 10 pounds of sweat of driving. <laughs> In the summer, I didn't care. I had a smile on my face because I was living the dream.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome.
1: It wasn't until I was leaving the grocery store in December of 2009, and I had a hard time shifting the car, and that's when I found out the the clutch master cylinder was starting to go out. No, the slave cylinder on the back of the engine went out, Uh and uh, I limped it back into the garage, and I I just looked at the car and just said, you know what? I'm done driving. I can't drive this car and have it look like this yeah so next weekend i just tore the whole back end of the car off and just and it began
0: so so you took the rear fascia off to make it easier to get to all the to the engine Mm -hmm. and did you replace it what happened at that point
1: no i uh actually i removed the the louvers the lower cover rear fascia everything fully dismantled the engine. The, the, I left the heads on the block, the chains and all that on there, and just resealed everything. I was just going to originally just uh, start, you know, paint and stuff and make it look nice. And I was like, nope. And it's just like one idea just kept snowballing into the other <laughs> like, no, I'm going to look for a guy that powder coats stuff. So I started searching for powder coaters in the area. Then I contacted Dave Slingel. It's like I wanted my bolts replated, all the, idler pulleys, brackets, hangers. I wanted everything re-anodized. Again. Wow. So I was sending stuff out to DMC Midwest. And it just it just snowballed. I was going to do a simple <laughs> restoration, then it turned into like a resto mod.
0: <laughs> How long did that take you?
1: From 2009 until the summer of 2014 when I was able to turn the key again.
0: So five years. So I didn't drive the
1: car again until actually 2000. 15, when I had the fascia back on, I moved into my new house here in West Virginia, and uh, slowly started reassembling the car. Well, my wife kind of gave me an ultimatum. <laughs> I had a basement of all, uh, reupholstered custom two-tone parts for the interior, and luckily I met the right woman because all of a sudden, out of the blue, she's like, "You know, when we get married, your your DeLorean's going to be ready." and I'm like,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I guess why? She goes, "Well, what do you got to do to it to get it back on the road?" I was like, "Put the rear bumper on, button up some stuff with the motor, and basically reassemble the entire car." She goes, "Well, you have till September to get it done because until you get that car done, because I'm leaving the wedding in that car." That's awesome! Wow. So, so she planned the whole wedding around it, like she did it with the two colors. Uh, her color being purple and silver for the car. He found a cake topper that has a silhouette of a DeLorean with a married couple on it. And uh, the license plate is the date of our wedding. And it says the power of love at the bottom. Uh, (laughs) Wow. My best friend Jeremy had his DeLorean at the wedding too. He was my best man. So he was there. So the whole wedding was surrounded around the car.
0: That is awesome, man. That's a great story. That's so. Your uh, yeah. wife likes the car as well. That's amazing.
1: She's a gearhead. She knows how to rebuild engines, do brake jobs, tune ups. Wow! Like that, she ain't afraid to get her hands dirty.
0: Nice. And it was in your wedding. I, hopefully, you'll share a couple of those wedding pictures so I can put them on the the episode page as well.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: That's awesome. So your soon to be wife basically said, "Kicked your butt and said, get the car done so you can use it in the wedding." I'm sure at that point you were all on, all in at that, so you could get the car finished. Oh,
1: I was. I was working night shift, and I would come home from work tired as hell, and dragging my butt out to the garage with a cup of coffee, and I slowly start, you know, putting, you know, weather stripping, put bolting the seats in, wiring up the seat heaters, doing all the LED stuff, and just trying to get all that done. Like almost every day, then take a nap for a little bit, then go back to work again. So for like two months straight, I it was just like a zombie trying to get the car back together, or at least and have the interior and all that done.
0: Yeah, yeah, nice. And uh, it sounds like the car probably always ran okay because you were a mechanic. You uh, you weren't killing the car. Although, like you said, when it started shifting poorly, you had to replace a slave cylinder.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've never had an overheating issue with this car. The only scary thing I ever had happen was. I went to drive it one time, and I noticed a strange smoky smell in the car, and the infamous uh, fuse box meltdown.
0: <sighs> number seven.
1: Uh, it was the actual ECM fuse for the uh, for the idle computer.
0: Wow. Yeah, I had that happen. My number seven melted, and I went online. It looks like a lot of people have had that one, but and several others. But yeah, that smell is distinct, especially when you know what the car is supposed to smell like. Yeah. <laughs> So
1: uh, that was like the really only, I guess you could say, catastrophic failure I had. I mean, nothing burned up or anything. I just the car off and patted it down.
0: So it's been your daily driver since 2014?
1: 2015, yeah. I was pretty much driving it after that, working out the the bugs. Then I was still, uh, I didn't lower it yet or put the upgraded suspension or brakes on it from DPI. So I was kind of getting a feel of, mechanically, can this car do the long haul to work? And my commute every day is 162 miles back and forth.
0: Each way or total? 80 80 miles? 80 miles each way. Wow.
1: mm -hmm. So I drove the, so that's driving through heavy traffic on the Beltway, uh, Interstate 270, going through the mountain roads of uh, Harper's Ferry in northwestern Maryland. Wow. So I wanted to put it through its (laughs) paces. I beat the hell out of it, hoping for something it else. Down.
0: Yeah, you could when something fails, you as a mechanic know how to what what needs to be fixed. So how many miles were on the car when you bought it and how many miles are on it now? It had
1: 30,752 on it and right now it has 52,230.
0: That rolled over though, right?
1: No, it's uh it's 52,000, it's not
0: 152. You've only put 20,000 miles on it?
1: Well, remember, it sat from '04 to 2009 before being being driven, and oh, then that's it sat true. again from 2009 to 2015 when I started putting the miles on it.
0: Yeah. Got it, got it.
1: This summer has been the most I've really driven it to about a thousand to 1,200 miles.
0: Away. Wow. When I bought 10515, there was 15980 on the odometer, and the angle drive still worked when I first got the car, but immediately after I picked it up, the angle drive broke, so I drove it for a couple of days because i didn't I wanted the speedometer and I didn't want the mileage to be that off, so I only drove it for a couple couple times until I took it back and got it fixed and I just driving the car from l a to Vegas, I doubled the mileage from fifteen nine eighty to you know thirty thirty one ninety whatever the number is thirty two thousand miles. Uh, and I've had mine about three and a half years. So I put 16,000 miles on it in three and a half years. Um, but I, man, I did not have an 80-mile commute each way every day. But I guess Southern California is just pretty good size. So I, I drove it around a lot of stuff between L.A., Orange County, and San Diego, and Vegas a couple times, and San Francisco a couple times. Um, that adds up the miles, I guess.
1: Yeah, it does. I use this for grocery shopping, take to the store. I use it as a, a car.
0: Nice. Are you the only DeLorean in the immediate area?
1: No, I do have one that lives 10 miles away, and his name is Paul uh, Shoremount. He just purchased this car in the summer of 2016, and his car was complete, beautiful. His uh, number is 3236 and uh, 81 DeLorean, and we met up at a car show just by stupid chance.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And, and I'm
1: like, I'm like, oh my God, there's another
0: DeLorean.
1: <laughs> and, um, there was another owner that did live in Harper's Ferry, but he had just sold his car. He was like 72, he had it for 15 years, and he sold it back to DMC West. So I was like, oh, well, there goes my only chance of hanging out with another owner. until I happened to run across Paul, and we started and hanging out and talking what we've done to our cars, and we uh, talked about starting our own car club. So we founded the uh, Tri-State DeLorean Club in the fall of 2016. So now we think we we have about maybe eight or nine cars in the club, like Falls Church, Virginia, Dallas, Maryland, even one in Pennsylvania.
0: That's awesome. I've seen Tri-State. I didn't know that uh, that was you. That's great. Yeah, me and Paul Shoreham out. So when people see that DeLorean driving around every day, uh, they're more used to it than the the rare sight of a delorean driving through their their neighborhood
2: yeah
1: it's uh you uh, i'll i'll see people that i'm friends with on facebook and i'll get tagged in it they're like hey this has to be you, because <laughs> you got the lighted rear bumper and <laughs> they'll be like yeah i, I got i went to target the other day and i couldn't believe my eyes there was this delorean there it's like oh that must be tagging me chris dietrich's car he daily drives his and i'm like oh yep that was me i was there with my son get the
0: stuff that's awesome so a few minutes ago you had mentioned uh some of the parts that you had bought from dpi in the last couple years not not back when you first bought the car but what other what upgrades have you done to the car in general i you said the lighted bumper but let's save that for the end what what stock parts have you replaced and is there anything different? Do you have the the stock PRV, or have you done a Stage 1 or a Stage 2?
1: It's uh, She's still in the stock PRV. Um, everything's been, like I mentioned earlier, resealed and stuff. It has Josh's uh, Spec 1 exhaust, no converters, the late John Hervey's uh, larger stainless air box. I forget the gentleman who made it, but uh, he was also selling them through uh, DMC Midwest, and I think other vendors the uh it uh throttle body spacer uh, oh. cold air intake with a KN air filter and that's what, and and I and I run royal purple 2050 uh, synthetic oil
0: oh wow you run synthetic in the PRV and has that have you had any issues with that at all
1: I don't burn nothing I don't leak nothing the engine does not make any noises it's, I mean it runs strong and the engine is smooth as a sewing machine and when I started driving the car again in 2014, I was running 15W50 Mobile One Synthetic with a STP oil additive that is, uh, has high zinc and phosphorus, content, uh, for older engines. And I used to run that in my, uh, same thing in my old mobile engines. My father ran it in his old Fords. And I saw one gentleman was telling me, he goes, you should go to Royal Purple. He goes, it's more expensive. But everything you need for that engine is already at because I use that in my DeLorean and all my older cars because I don't ever have a single issue with synthetic oil. And I've even talked to a few vendors and I'm not mentioning any names, but they said there's nothing wrong with synthetic oil in a DeLorean. Hmm. They've they've been inside the synthetic engine and a DeLorean doing a reseal or just maybe doing a, a stage two upgrade. It's not like we tore that engine apart. I that thing was stick and span clean inside.
0: That is good to know. About how much is a quart of Royal Purple?
1: It's about almost around $9 a quart.
0: $9. Jeez, I paid I paid DMC California nine fifty a quart for Valvoline 2050 a couple of years ago. That was when I stopped taking the car to them. Um, so synthetic. One of the things that I've read about doing synthetics in old engines in general is that the the tolerances aren't the same as newer engines, so you can have leakage because the synthetic is is thinner. But you're saying you and another DeLorean owner have been running synthetic with no problem.
1: Yeah, I've been running it now for five years.
0: Huh.
1: And I don't have no drips in my garage. I, I've never had to add a quart. I go about Four thousand to forty-five hundred miles before I change the oil, and it, it doesn't smell bad. It just smells like you know oil when you remove it.
0: Sure, I, I don't
1: have any kind of issues with it at all.
0: I'm trying to think what other questions people might have about doing synthetic in the engine. I don't, There's no. There was no prep or anything for it, right? You just you drained your old oil. No, I just, put the yeah I just, royal that's purple. That's all on. I did. Interesting. And uh, I mean the
1: engine. I resealed the engine you know those years ago and
0: tell tell me a little I'm not a mechanic so tell me really what does that mean you resealed the engine
1: well when the valve covers are off at the timing cover and everything i put a new uh front main seal in it which goes around the crank shaft where the crank pulley sits new valve cover gaskets timing cover gasket uh, the intake gaskets for the ram horn air the then the one intake that sits on the over the valley at that so basically, it's just resealed up the engine. The only thing seal I never replaced was the rear main seal because you got to take the trans out. But got it. even that is not leaking at all.
0: Doesn't have any issue. Okay. So before you had put in the royal purple, you had already put new seals in during a normal during a, a big maintenance. But um, sure. the the rear main seal that connects to the transmission was never replaced, and you still don't have any leaks using synthetic. That's that is really good to know.
1: Not at all as as hard as I drive this car, and with my trip, I'm usually running 80 mile an hour over 3,000 RPM. I I'm not losing any oil. I I take out exactly what I put in.
0: Okay, then the the other thing that comes to mind that someone might ask is about, and I hate using this word honestly, is performance. Um, I would imagine that uh, there could be maybe a little drop in horsepower, I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. I don't want to pretend that I know what I'm talking about, and I don't know exactly how synthetics work, but I'm trying to think of what, what issues people might say. Oh, yeah, he might be running synthetic, but he's also lost 20 horsepower.
1: Well, synthetic, it's not really like like thinner. I mean, that's what you got your weight for, where you said like 1550. So I'm still using a, a, a the factory rated spec weight oil for the car, which was uh, 2050, right? but it's just now synthetic. Synthetic is more slicker. It's more slippery. It allows parts to move around more freely. It does not break down uh, as easily as conventional oils. It does not have a lot of, uh, like, over time, like, oil, if you let oil sit for a long time inside of the engine, it can be, like, acidic yeah. a little bit and cause, like, corrosion on Right, uh, the main journals where the crankshaft rides on. Synthetic doesn't really do any of that at all.
0: Well, wow. Christian, if you were not a mechanic, I would not take you as seriously. But you are a working mechanic, so that it carries a lot more weight to me. And I would imagine other people might uh, value your opinion more because you're a mechanic.
1: Well, I, I try it. Uh, my, like I said, my father ran synthetic, and this is like back to the 80s and his uh, Ford trucks and stuff like that. I ran it through my Oldsmobile engines. I've never had any kind of an issue with it. I've always been happy with it.
0: Awesome. So you've got synthetic oil, the spec one exhaust from DPI, Josh, the DeLorean industries.com. What other major parts have you replaced?
1: Uh, Well, for, I guess you could say all my performance upgrades for this car all came from Josh. So, With having this car as a daily driver, I wanted to have everything updated and have some of the best stuff on there. So my front brakes have all been totally changed out to a larger set of Willwood four-piston brake calipers with two-piece cross-drilled and slotted front rotors that are just big enough to fit behind the stock 14-inch front wheels.
0: Oh, wow. Does Josh sell that, or did you get that on your own?
1: No, he sells
0: that. Oh, interesting. I know the slotted the uh, slotted rotors have been kind of a thing for cooling and if you're dry, as much as you're driving, it's have you noticed that your braking is better or is it about the same?
1: Oh, it's a, it's a heck of a lot better. Uh the, the brake pedal is uh more touchy. You feel the brakes do wanting to grab a lot more. So it it, it the, the brake pedal feels great, but the sensitivity has gone up so you really feel the brakes doing their part.
0: Did you have to change the brake master cylinder, or did it stay the same?
1: No, I did replace that though. So it, that was one of the things that had leaked on the car, and that was you know thirty-some years old. So that was replaced.
0: Would you have to replace the brake master cylinder if you put those bigger calipers on?
1: No, they would still work with the with the stock uh, master cylinder. Okay, I just replaced mine because it just aged yeah. and was sure. starting to leak.
0: Sure, sure. I know Gordon Carpenter in San Diego had here's his start leaking and uh well, he didn't notice it until after there was a pretty good leak and one day he replaced the the fuel tank cover and noticed that it would had corroded corroded that all the way through. You could stick his finger through the plate. So uh it Oh, yeah, le- I've
1: seen them before like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it leaked it leaked all over his frame, so he had a bunch of of frame uh you know, rot starting and he just, he ended up doing a frame off and had the whole, had the frame re recoded and uh, redid the car that way. So yeah, that brake fluid just eats everything, no matter what it is.
1: Yeah, it's very cost For the front brakes, also, all the rubber lines have been replaced with uh, the stainless braided lines that he sells. The rear brakes are the factory solid discs with the factory calipers, but the calipers have... Stainless pistons on the inside. The backing plate for the outside hub of the rotor um, is like a steel one from the factory, and the new ones are stainless steel.
0: Sorry, are the the brake caliper pistons are not stainless original?
1: No, they I think they're like aluminum or a, like huh. a, maybe like a steel. Okay. But from like old brake calipers, they can pit
0: out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I and mean, I would imagine the stainless, is it's probably next to impossible to have that pit. Oh, yeah. And Josh sells those as well? Yes, he does. Wow. I know a lot of people love Josh's stuff. I'm not a mechanic, and I have not done a lot of stuff to my car, but that is that is pretty interesting. My brakes have, have done really well. I really want to replace my original fan motors and fans with DeLorean Service Northwest's new fans— they're the brushless motors and I think there's one more blade Toby Peterson uh, I a lot of people talk about those it cuts the power consumption drastically and it seems to cool the radiator better have, but you said you still have your original radiator
1: no no that's all gone to oh it is mm-hmm. uh, most of my suspension is not even stock anymore on this car either <laughs> I just kind of I just kind of went all out like It's got. I got stainless steel lower control arms. Oh, yeah,
0: those are gorgeous.
1: Polyurethane sway bar bushings. I got Josh's uh, adjustable lower control arm support bars, which is for anybody that wants to do spirited driving in a DeLorean. That is definitely worth every cent you pay because you can really take a corner in a rear wheel drive, rear engine drive car so much nicer.
0: And you're saying that's because of the adjustable control arms, or did you put on, I forget what the, what's that crossbar that you put inside the trunk?
1: Oh, the strut bar, yeah, I have that too. I have an older uh, the older version that DMC Midwest used to sell, the one that pops up through the uh, carpet. I know Great. they got ones that sit under the carpet now.
0: Yeah, and Toby, I think, has one that, that's flat. It kind of looks yes, like a it, it, Star Trek Next Generation sword, but it, it, that way you can still take your yes. spare in and out. Yeah.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. I still got the yeah, I still got the old one that's probably eh. well over ten years old now.
0: Hey, it works. There's no if there's not a reasonable. Oh, it does. It. Yeah, it does. If it was twenty dollars, yeah, that's a no brainer. But they're not <laughs> they're not twenty bucks, and and they take some work to to install.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. But the support bars. They keep the control arm from twisting back and forth because there's really no support for that lower control arm. Your sway bar goes through the middle of it.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a single pivot. So that movement forward and backward is what causes the less stiff steering, correct?
1: Yeah, you get a lot of brake steer with the car when you put those bars on there. It really removes a lot of that, and it actually makes use of the sway bar. Instead of just keeping the control arm stable, it really makes the car not lean as much. It's amazing how much of a turn I can take in this car and how high of a of speed I can go. Hmm. And the whole car just feels so predictable and comfortable.
0: More solid. Oh, you know, it does. That is one of the things that I've had a lot of people talk about, That stiffening that that steering I like your term earlier, spirited driving. I love the car. Uh, I don't drive it like it's a Fabergé egg. I'm also, it's not a Ferrari. So I'm not out there trying to hot hot rod it or do anything crazy. But I definitely, you know, I hit the gas. And when I'm getting on a freeway or I'm going someplace, I'm changing lanes. I don't, I'm not just, you know, taking my time and cruising around. So I, I do like that a little bit more spirited driving. And uh, yeah. I want to get, I want that steering to be a little bit stiffer, especially on curves.
1: And his lower those lower support bars really help and another thing that I have with this car that's well the rear suspension uh the rear trailing arms have all been replaced with uh stainless trailing arms or known as the rear radius arm
0: stainless or aluminum
1: they're stainless steel
0: wow Josh
1: sells them too. <laughs> Wow! So that's all replaced with stainless, and the rest of the suspension is QA1 adjustable coilovers with uh, 16-position dampening. So I can turn a little knob under the car and have 16 clicks to make it run firm or ride Hmm. firm or ride a little softer, and it's got adjustable collars on it so I can raise and lower the height of
0: the car also. Oh, wow. Man, you have definitely done a lot to the car.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, and the last thing for the suspension was
0: the adjustable upper links,
1: because when you lower a DeLorean and you really put it on the ground, I think it's a positive uh, camber you get where the top of the tires kind of angle inwards. Okay. And it and it eats the inside of the tires out. Well, with the uh, adjustable upper links, you're able now to move the tires back out again
0: to straighten it. So there. Even. T- the mm-hmm. camber is is straight rather than tilted in.
1: Yep. Very so cool parts that he sells, he now has a lot more tunability with the uh, suspension. One thing Josh has that I don't have is the adjustable upper control arm where you can actually adjust the ball joint forward and aft and back and forth and stuff, so you can actually even fine-tune the front alignment even more because from the factory, from the front, the only thing you can adjust is toe. You can't adjust anything else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah, that's funny. Uh, before I left L.A., there was uh, Mark Woodsma is a Northern California DeLorean owner, and he's also a big Porsche guy. So he has a couple of Porsche shops in SoCal that he goes to, and they. I went with him to one of the shops, and they had a brand new wheel alignment machine, and we were talking about alignments for the DeLorean, and he pulled it up, and they had DeLorean in their system, brand new software, brand new alignment machine, and the technician pulled it up, and he was looking, he's like, there's no settings in here. And thankfully Mark was there and he's like, Oh yeah, I think there's only the one the one setting for the DeLorean and he said and the technician said, Oh well that will be really easy then to alignment. So uh yeah. From from a alignment technician, he's he said, Nope, this is pretty simple. Of course for your car it'd be different. You've got a lot more adjustments available.
1: Oh yeah. Because stock is the front toe and rear rear toe and rear uh uh caster, which is where you put the shims in where the
0: uh trailing arms go yeah. to. Yeah. Interesting.
1: And they're all replaced. Josh has, what is it, in Connell? I think that's how you pronounce it, that high-strength uh, metal material. Hmm. And uh, that's why the trailing arm bolts for the car.
0: Awesome. Wow, Christian, pretty amazing. And, I mean, this has just been over the last basically five, year, or five years that you did all that work. Mm-hmm. Again, helps that you're a mechanic. You have the tools and the knowledge to do it. And most owners can't do this that kind of that kind of stuff without spending a fair amount of money. But, you know, you you got to pay for people that know what they're doing or have the patience to do it yourself.
1: True. The only thing I did not do to this car myself, when I was going to just do a simple restoration, I was going to reupholster everything in the original gray. And I've seen some people start at two-tone, and I was like, I really like that. But then I'm in the car business, then I see newer cars with they have the seats one color or the trim around the console one color, but the stitching is a different color and it further breaks it up and gives it more dimension. It makes things more desirable to look at. And I would see that on some of your new high-end Porsches, your Challengers and Chargers and stuff. So I went to the uh, two-tone route and a gentleman I work with at Metro in DC, he has his own custom upholstery shop. So all the pieces that I wanted redone in black, huh. I had him trim it with gray stitching.
0: And I'm looking at uh, one of the pictures right now, and that does look fantastic. I personally am a fan of the two-tone cars, and of any car that's two-tone. I am also a purist with a DeLorean. So for now, my car is a gray interior, and I want to leave that all exactly the way it is. But if slash when the day comes that I have to reupholster, I could see potentially doing a a two-tone, like maybe not black and gray, but two-tone for sure.
1: Oh, definitely. And like I said, I was originally going to do gray, but my car was just so badly exposed with sunburn and stuff like that. So I was just like, you know, I think I'm going to give it a different approach. I want to give it a modern update, but still keep everything looking just like it is. So I had all the pieces redone in black with other custom stuff added to it, like a lighted, in the passenger knee pad, a lighted DMC uh, logo in there. When he, I bought the seat covers from Midwest and I had him add seat heaters to the car so it has a low and high feature that warm your butt and your back because i do drive this car all year round except for salty roads and snow but yeah i will drive it in the middle of december january when it's like 15 below out i still take it
0: out good for you boy yeah seat heaters i again being a west coast guy when i talk to people from the east coast I forget that a lot of you, most people, obviously not you, most people garage the car half the year and just because they can't drive it in the snow and the cold and I, you know in California and the West Coast, you drive it year round at the same time. Yeah. I think I've only turned my heater on once or twice in three and a half years. you know we always run the air conditioning most of the people always run a c in the in the car, and you probably don't need to do that as often
1: no not not too often now that I have the windows tinted it really it really helps out so it-
0: you don't have a Delorean with tinted
1: windows, God, you're really missing out. Because <laughs> driving a gullwing convection oven having tinted windows really helps with the heat.
0: <laughs> gullwing convection oven. <laughs> <laughs>
1: pretty much just what it is. It man. is what
0: it is. Uh, on DeloreanDirectory.com, if you go there, I think right now I think still on the homepage is a link to the article Gordon Carpenter spent a huge amount of time researching different window tints for a lot of different numbers that uh, most people don't understand. I certainly don't understand it. The, what prompted him to do that was another owner in SoCal that got some clear, clear tint that blocks 99 UV, uh, which every, basically every tint blocks 99 UV now, 98 percent of UV, but it also blocks something like 95% of the infrared, which is what causes the interior to heat up. That owner had actually put that clear tint on the windshield, which is against the law in california but you cannot see it he put it not on his delorean but on his cadillac and on on his show truck and uh, several people had commented how how much different it is opening the door of those two cars on a hot day you can't tell the heat has the sun has not heated up the interior so so gordon wants to do the same thing on his delorean i absolutely want to put that clear tint on the windshield and on the side windows for me um everybody's different like you said without having tint some people love putting tint on the delorean i want the car to look stock so i'm more likely to oh, put yeah i want the clear tint on the side on the both side windows and on the front windshield so that it looks right but it's still blocking 95 of the of the ir just to keep the interior cooler
1: you like you said you want to be want to be a purist but still have those modern updates yeah but you would not know it unless right. you were actually
0: told it. Exactly. In looking at the pictures, I can't tell. It looks like your tint is pretty pretty light. Like, it's not a real heavy tint. Unless these are old photos I'm looking at.
1: Maybe so, because uh, I just got these done about a month and a half ago. Ah, So my side windows and the quarter panel glass is 20%. I did not do the back window because the louvers really help out with that. No reason. And I have 70% on the windshield.
0: Got it. 20% on the side. So that's really dark. Mm-hmm.
1: Nice. Yep. And I've noticed that also with driving the car being so low at night that the 70% tint cuts down on a lot of headlight glare when cars are coming at you since most of your cars now have, you know, bright
0: LED LEDs. headlights. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Well, uh, with this next generation of owners being us, the, the, even though you've had yours for 15 years, you're not, you're not 50 or 60 years old. Um, you know, there's a lot of 20, 30, 40 year olds that are now buying the cars. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot more of these kind of technical upgrades and and uh, things done to the car. So this is why hearing stories like yours and, and talking to people on DeLorean talk, it's great to hear the different things people have done so that other people get ideas on what they can do or should do.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, you help spread the knowledge of somebody that it may be new to the the DMC world and, you know, they want to do stuff, but you know, they want to go a little bit modified or they want to keep it a little bit more true to nature, but what could they do to just keep the car just, you know, impervious to, you know, heat and UV and modern gas and oils and things like that, new materials that they use versus the stuff that they used back in the day.
0: Right. You've got Royal Purple uh, synthetic oil in the car. Do you use any special coolant? Because I know that there has been talk about... Oh, I forget the name, but some kind of special stuff that is apparently way the the boil temperature is way higher. Do you use any I special? I think it's uh,
1: people use like water wetter. I think is what it's called. It's like a a non water based kind yeah. of coolant. I've never really looked into it, and it really dramatically lowers the temperature. And like you said, a lower boiling point. But no, a I use higher used, boiling uh, point. Yeah, Yeah, higher boiling point. I use standard um, regular green uh, Prestone.
0: Prestone fifty fifty yeah. or something, got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just curious because it seems like you're one of those guys that would end up uh, using something like that. I, gosh, I I want to say Phillips, but I can't remember the name of that stuff. It, obviously, it's out there there on DMCtalk.org. There's a lot of people that have talked about this stuff, so the it's been out there for a while, and it does take take some prep to re- to replace all the coolant, and then there's another. A bottle of stuff from the manufacturer that you have to to run through this car before you put the final coolant in but yeah the idea of 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 raising the boiling point and and keeping the engine cooler is great you said you have not a, had a problem with overheating which is great but that's clearly the number one problem everyone has is is the overheating oh
1: yeah it's simple little things like even I've noticed in helping people out online. I've never even met before. They've asked me about my cars they were eating. And one thing I've noticed with other DeLoreans I've worked on in our club or just other people telling me by word of mouth is loose hose clamps will cause yeah. – you might not really see a leak, but it will cause enough where they can maybe pull in air, which will cause yep. the throttle hot. Yep. So they, I had one gentleman that lives in Maryland. He went through and he cranked down every single hose clamp, and he found a few that were not leaking, but were pretty darn loose. And now he doesn't have any
0: coolant issues at all. Nice. That's a good tip for people. If you can, if you're going to do the work yourself, track down all of the hose clamps and make sure everything is is tight and not loose. I had I had that problem yeah. to, not only with coolant, but also my my fuel filler hose. Clamp was loose, causing fuel to spill out from the from the filler hose. And then I've only overheated one time at the end of the Christmas parade, uh, literally after the parade was over on the drive over to a local restaurant when I, I started dumping coolant and uh, it was air in the system because I never had the problem after that. So
1: also, you know, having a, a good updated um, you know cooling fans, a radiator, uh, thermostat, otter stat, um, yeah. and one thing that really helps out with that is Dave McKean. And I'm sure you know that name.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I got half of his stuff on my car <laughs> and trust me, it makes a difference. I, I don't have it. He has an electronic Otter stat where I think you can yeah. program it for yep. the fans. Now I haven't ever like it for the, uh, RPM relay and things like that.
0: I have the RPM relay and, and geez, I think half of Southern California has it now because Chris Miles from Fresno uh, is a great <laughs> he's a great salesman for Dave McKeon. Uh, Dave McKeon, for anybody that doesn't know, Dave McKeon makes solid state components for the Delorean. So a lot of the electronic parts uh, go solid state, which means less power draw and little to no heating on the parts. They last a long time. Sometimes they're a little bit pricey, but things like the RPM relay, there's a he's got a dip switch to get rid of the hot start problem and basically uh-huh. what happens with that is people have the hot start problem because when the car gets warm there and correct me if you if i'm wrong if you know the answer my understanding is that when the car is hot and the fuel is hot is warm that the there's a rubber baffle or something that is the fuel where the fuel pickup is when that gets soft it it will not allow fuel into the system because it kind of closes the holes off well the rpm relay that dave McKeon makes uh, keeps the fuel system pressurized for three hours after you turn the car off. So every so often, it will just pump pump fuel into the system to make sure that, that it's, it stays pressurized. So that way, when you go to start the car again, the pressure is still there, and you're not trying to suck fuel out of the fuel tank to get into the system.
1: He has that, and he also, I forget how long it's been now that he actually released it, but he does have a hot start relay. Where there's actually a wiring harness in the fuse uh, fuse box
0: that's unused the area
1: that that's unused, and you put that in there, and what that does is it fires off cold start injector to prime it every time. Right. It's uh, that you turn the key, so you get like faster startups and
2: it's a everything. And
1: you, and you disconnect the uh, thermo time switch that's screwed into your water pump. Yeah. So yeah, you can unplug it and never have to worry about it.
0: Don't think I've heard anybody, and I would have no problem saying anything bad about anybody if I'd heard a bunch of complaints. Uh, but yeah, I've not heard anybody have any issues with McKeon's stuff. A little pricey sometimes, but it seems worth it when, you, you know, he's a McKeon's a DeLorean owner. He's an electronics whiz. He knows what he's doing. And I haven't heard anybody have any problems with it.
1: Uh, that is true. So one of the, uh, I, you know, I try to be a good spokesperson for that man because he helped me out a lot with my partners. When I lived in Maryland, he lived 45 minutes away from me. Oh, nice. So he, so he came up and he would firsthand show me the stuff on his car, and wow. I drove his car a couple times, and he uh, showed me how the stuff it is, and he showed me how he designed. Like, one of the things I have in my car is his uh, blue lighted HVAC panel, which is for your fan switch, uh, temperature, all your different blower settings. It all lights up blue. It's a custom made blue circuit board that he makes. It either comes in blue or green. And uh, But one thing that it's not listed on the website, and I found out about it, and it actually scared the hell out of me because I thought I had an actual problem with the car because I also have his fan fail switch,
2: uh-huh. well,
1: fan switch and fan fail relay. Yeah. And um, so your cooling fan fail light now works. <laughs> which so usually if, if doesn't you have a yeah it i don't it, i think it was supposed to work but then the factory did it and it just never did so now he utilizes it to make it work as it listed on his website so if you have one of your cooling fans go out that cooling fan file light will flash one time yeah if both your fans are not working it flashes twice if your cooling fans are drawing too much amperage that will flash three times but one thing to let you know that, well, as your cooling fan's even running, the over to your right where you got the four-speed fan switch, you got the little fan logo. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it, and like I said, it's not listed in this site. And I caught them up immediately, but I noticed the fan logo after I shut the car off from having the air conditioning on. The fan light would stay on that little logo, and it would light up green. And I'm like, okay. Then eventually, I noticed my radiator fan shut off then the light went out. And uh, with his relays and all that stuff that he does for the cooling fans, how the original factory had it, people complain of power surges when they're uh, driving with their air condition on. They're driving a total stock car. The compressor cycles on instantly. Your cooling fans engage. Yeah. As soon as your compressor is done cycling, they shut off. Well, you're pulling so much power that, Uh, coil is actually drawing at several hundred volts, plus how many amps you're ever drawing from your fans, especially if you got the original one. Hmm. So when you would drive your car, it'd feel like somebody just bumped the back end of your car. Interesting. Some DeLorean owners feel it and some don't. Yeah. And my car would do it and I can actually watch the voltage gauge back in the day jump up and down. Right. Well, with his stuff, it keeps the fans cycling for 20 seconds in between just like a modern car does. So you don't get that voltage spike. Oh. But with that fan logo, as I was mentioning earlier, that lets you know that both of your cooling fans are operating just fine. Yeah. So it's a peace of mind that, hey, your air conditions on, your fans are on, or your car is running warm, both your fans are on. That light is on telling you that your fans are operating normal. Yeah. Then it won't light up if your uh, fans are operating, then your fan fails. Well, start flashing. So he makes a lot of peace of mind parts for the car.
0: Oh, yeah. And and all everybody seems to love him. So I've never talked to Dave McKean. seems like a nice guy. Clearly brilliant when it comes to electronics. Terrible website. But spend the time to go look at his, track him down from dmctalk.org, look at his website, and then go talk to some other people that have his various parts to get the pitches. And most of them are really easy to put in. So uh, get some help from your other local DeLorean owners if you're thinking about doing it. And I'm sure yeah, track down Christian Dietrich online and ask him. Give us a pitch for the Tri-State DeLorean Club. Tell us a little bit about the club and how people can reach you.
1: Well, the Tri-State DeLorean Club is a, a family-friendly club. We, uh, we do a lot of different events. We're still, I guess you could say, still slowly getting off the ground. Uh, my friend Paul, he has a, a, a good-sized garage. Heated and air conditioned. He's got a, a drive-on uh, four-post lift, so nice. it makes working on cars much easier. Oh, so yeah. we have people in our club that might need some upgrades, or if they got a problem with their car, we, we work on their car. We never charge a single thing. That's totally wrong. We we, en- we enjoy doing it because we're keeping the, the dream alive.
0: It's the community. I, I, man, yeah. I harp on it all the time. What some of the bigger DeLorean companies don't understand is it's about the community. And if all if you're only there to make a buck, screw you. You need to care yeah. about the owners. You need to care about the car. And uh, that thank you It doesn't mean that people shouldn't you know charge a couple bucks if they're spending their time because there is a lot of great DeLorean owners that have so much knowledge. And not that they that they do get taken advantage of, but uh, if they're going to charge you you know forty fifty sixty bucks an hour, that's half the cost of what a normal a normal guy. Well, you're a mechanic. You know, I mean. It's not that your time isn't valuable and your knowledge isn't valuable, but the love of keeping these cars on the road is awesome. So, that sincerely, thank you for helping the local DeLorean owners and not charging or overcharging to keep the cars running.
1: Yeah, no problem. Like I said, we we just do it for just the sheer fun of it because with these cars, I mean, even though they might look alike, everyone's always going to be different in its own <laughs> way. It's like every yep. car's got its own personality.
0: Yeah. And every driver.
1: <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, exactly. But we do events, get-togethers. Um, just recently, we went to go see Proto 1 back in the spring. Cool. Uh, our, uh, we went to go see the, the Consolidated International gold-plated third DeLorean gold-built car that was up in uh, North yeah, northern Maryland. We went to go see the family of that. That was really interesting to see, a gold car with the saddle tan interior. Nice. It's just beautiful. I mean, it's just like how they did something like this to, a, you know, one of the cars you know, to offer
0: it through <laughs> yeah. the American Express for Christmas catalog back in the day. So what is your website and social media sites?
1: It's uh, like com. Our email is contact at tristatedelorean.com. You can also
0: simply look us right up
1: on uh, Facebook. Just type in uh, Tristate DeLorean and uh, there you'll see us.
0: Well, hopefully someone who hears this will... Mention to somebody that they know in your area, and they'll track you down if they didn't already know about you.
1: Yes. I mean, we uh, we just got one new owner. I think his name is uh, Paul Baldwin. He just recently got his car from Josh at DPI, and uh, he joined us for a event uh, two weeks ago. Cool. It was like a, a was, uh, cars and coffee and then a group car walk. where so we got together and watched each other's cars. And awesome. Just hung out and had a good time
0: a few months ago before I left and moved to Vegas, the orange County DeLorean club did a car wash and I think we had five cars there and yeah, it was great to have everybody out there washing the cars and doing the, the cleanup. And Todd was awesome and and shined up everybody's tires with some product that he had.
1: Todd Bustillo.
0: Todd Todd Bustillo. Yep.
1: Yeah. He's, he's a great guy. I, I chat with him on the phone or text message him at least, you know, every other two weeks or something like that. Yeah. He's, He's a heck of a guy.
0: Yeah, and he's yeah, he is definitely hardcore. Yeah, him and yeah, him and Richard McMillan are running the Orange County DeLorean Club, and lucky enough in Southern California to have so many DeLoreans in such great weather that it's a great group that gets together and does a lot of stuff.
1: I know I'm jealous because I'll see your your post and Todd's post, and I'm just looking. And I'm like, Man, <laughs> I wish I could just say, hey, I'm going to go have dinner with the DeLoreans. There's another thing that I see it's like. I get I get to meet up with one guy, and it's like I, you know, that we go to the uh, Texas Roadhouse, and it's like, of course, I live in Country Town here, so <laughs> man, you don't see one of them damn cars here that often, man. And I have two of them, no, look like spaceships.
0: Trust so. me, <laughs> Southern California, you hear the exact same thing all the time. I'm looking forward to getting the car out more here in in Las Vegas and uh, just sharing the car. It's, for me, I, I say it a million times. It's the, the magic of the car is sharing it with people that they always smile. They love the car, and uh, everybody has a good memory and, and just thinks it looks cool. So
1: That's true. It, what's funny about this car is that I have more friends that are DeLorean owners than I actually have normal <laughs> friends. And yes. I've become so close with like chatting with people on the phone, like Dondina, Ryan, Right. Jeremy Delaney is my best friend of ten years. He owns a uh, ten eight forty two uh Paul Shoremount It's all because of this goofy orphan type car. It's like where I am more closer than to these people than I am some of my own flesh and blood that was <laughs> back in Maryland because they like they get you yes they know where you're coming from they're yep. just as different in their own way,
0: yep, well, we are stewards of a very special car in in history people around the world know the delorean sure it's mainly because of back to the future there is nothing wrong with that if it wasn't for back to the future we wouldn't be here and the car it, itself is pretty amazing the Goldwing doors uh, get a lot of attention and people love it so it it's just awesome to share
1: that's true i mean you know there's a lot of people that you know add stuff to their delorean to make it you know maybe look like more like the movie car or they add some stuff to the car. I think the only movie-related item I have in this car is the uh, color-changing hat that Michael J. Fox wore
2: nice. in the
1: second movie.
2: Nice.
1: But I guess for me, it's more about representing the the. I try to separate the car from the movie, as really hard yeah. as that is. But um, I try to represent, like, with people like John DeLorean and um, Barry Wills and all those fine men that put this car together in just a short amount of time to represent that they're not junk they're not bad build quality of course they're not the greatest car they're not the worst car it is the most imperfect perfect car (laughs)
2: that's
1: a good way of putting it that's how i look at it and and trying to daily drive this car as much as i do to represent and to show the world that hey i've seen that car around hey I seen this car just the other day, or going up and down the Beltway, and man, that you know, West Virginia tags. Man, he's really far from home, and to see, and to see you as often as they do, man, maybe that's really a, that good of a car, right?
2: Right. He's
1: driving this thing as much as he does. That's what I'm trying to represent. That get out there, drive it. Don't be afraid of it. You know, don't sit there and just look at the gauges more than enjoying the scenery. Yeah because you're worried of
0: overheating or drive the car, share it and enjoy it.
1: The way I look at it, it, whatever happens is going to happen.
0: Yep. Whether it be a, a 40 year
1: old DeLorean or your new car.
0: That's true. Now nothing will happen to DeLorean. If you leave it in the garage, it'll be just fine. But I sincerely believe you will not enjoy the car as much as people that drive the car, no matter how much you personally enjoy it. I I really uh, strongly say it's about sharing the car. It's the smiles. It's the conversation of random people that just love the car. That makes me 100 times happier than just owning the car. But that's me.
1: It is. I'm more about being out driving the car than I am going to a car show. Sure, sure. Because I don't want people to think that. I'm just here for the car show. It's all nice and pretty looking, Yeah, and then I'm going to go
0: home with it. Yep. I don't really like going to car shows because it is just sitting for hours. I I like getting it out. I'm not ready to have it be a daily driver. I don't want to pay the insurance coverage for being a daily driver, uh, but it it's fun to get out in any case. Uh, most definitely is. I always close the show with this. I don't know why. I think it's... Kitchy and fun, but uh, I'm always hoping to learn something. So what is in the trunk of your DeLorean?
1: What is in the trunk of my DeLorean? Uh, I have an old uh, snap-on uh, bag that carry tools in it, but basically it's stainless polish, glass cleaner, microfiber cloth, and a dashboard duster. Okay. And that is it. No tools, no spare parts.
0: Nothing else. That's Just that one bag in the trunk.
1: Yeah. That or the uh, and a fire extinguisher.
0: Wow. All right. Well, again, you're better than I am. I have too much stuff in the trunk.
1: Some people I do know. Some people that you know they they try to I guess prepare for the worst. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and some people just you know have a couple little things. I I don't carry nothing. I not to sound uh, overconfident. Put it, but. Yeah, overconfident. I just don't care because whatever happens, happens. Worst thing that's going to happen, cars going to catch on fire. I have a fire extinguisher. Yeah, yeah. If it breaks down, it breaks down. Yeah,
0: that's I don't what tow carry trucks tools in the other cars that I own. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess, as always, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for being persistent. Between moving and and the rest of life, uh, sometimes I lose track of things. There's still a bunch of other people that have sent emails and want to do do an episode that uh i i know the the email is there i will get to you but feel free to be persistent and track me down christian thanks for oh, your time definitely. i appreciate it and i definitely appreciate your time as well mr dave cool like i said if you or anybody else come out to vegas be sure to give me a heads up before you get here and let's try to to meet up and say hi and i'll bring my car out Sounds nice cool all right everybody thanks for listening. If you have ideas, comments, or input, send an email to contact at DeLoreanTalk.com. Be sure to check out DeLoreanDirectory.com. There's tons of articles written by different people, tons of information, links to all the other websites out there. I try to put all of the the Facebook pages and groups on the site. Uh, There's obviously the link to DeLorean Talk. And if you haven't already done so, please go fill out a DeLorean census record. Or if you have already done a record, but it's been a long time, or you've made changes to the car, or if you changed states, go submit another record so we can keep track of where the cars are at. And even if you just see a DeLorean out at a, a car dealership, a showroom, or you see one out in the wild, grab a picture of the VIN number and go submit a census record so we can figure out what's happened to all the cars and where they're at. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.